Hello everybody, I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And today we're going to talk about an NBC series called Sunnyside. Sunnyside. Starring my friend here, Cal Penn, you know, who's going to be sunny throughout this. I am. But, no, that's a big lie. You know? <laughs> I, well, it well, okay. depends on your question. I'm not giving but... away things, but, okay. you know, you start on this show playing this, what is he, he's a councilman? Yeah, he's a very, dis- he gets disgraced in the beginning of disgraced the pilot. Disgraced immediately. Already you're just a terrible role model for it's, everyone. That's true. Vomiting everywhere. Everywhere, so, especially on a cop car. No, who is he? Because yeah. I should be, start by being due diligence sure. about what this is. Yeah. Sunnyside, NBC. Yeah, so... This is it. You play this, like, terrible man who we come to kind of grudgingly like. Yeah. But who is he? So Garrett Modi is the name of the character. Modi, your name. Uh, My real last name. My real last name is Modi. That's right. Which means you can never say to me, this character isn't me. This is what my dad said. He's right. He's not right. He is right. My dad is you. My dad said when we were naming the character, originally he was named Garrett Shaw, and that name didn't clear with NBC's legal affairs because there's apparently somebody really named Garrett Shaw. Shaw. So hello to Garrett Shaw, Shaw. (laughs) the real one. And then uh, our props guys had already built Garrett Shaw's campaign posters. And said, I know you need another last name, but if it can also be four letters, it'll really save us from having to redesign everything. And they put in all this amazing work. That's key that it's all really an artistic reason. Yeah, yeah well, and not wanting to keep be. our yeah. amazing crew True, at work right. for hours and hours longer than no, they needed we to We don't be. want that to happen. For our, you know, our, our... Unless it was time and a half. Y- yeah. Well, they, yeah, the choice should be theirs. Do yeah. you want to <laughs> break in a little extra cash? But... Uh, so I thought, well, Modi, my real birth last name is four letters, and uh, that'll be a great gift to the parents. And I called my dad, and I was like, hey, listen to what I just did. I used, I'm using our last name as my character's name. And he said, that's a terrible idea. Why would you do that? People will be confused. It's like, ah, oh, you just can't win sometimes. Yeah, I was completely baffled. He's happy about baffled. it now. What is he doing? You know? No, no. He, well, and be- I, I tried to say, well, look, Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld called his show Seinfeld. He did, and that is yeah. him. Yeah, but that, that is actually <laughs> him. Exactly. So what is it? Yeah, yeah. You see, with so, you, you have all those associations. <laughs> right. And the fact is that you did spend that time in the Obama White yeah, House. Yeah. So there's politics. Right. You weren't in the city council, but yeah. you were doing this. Now you're using your own name, yeah. or the Indian roots to it. Yeah, I might as well just make it a documentary yeah, at this point. You should no. have. <laughs> so what I like about this character and the and the show is that it's totally divorced of... My real life experiences, even though I, you know, nobody's buying that. No, it's true though. And uh, yeah, you could say that all you want. No, we, uh, that's, we, that's we a sad with state the of vomiting. affairs. Then. We, we started, started with the, the vom- vomit. Look, as a person who starts talking about vomiting, I can <laughs> think of no greater way of explaining the seriousness <laughs> with of which I piece. speak of this this but masterpiece. It it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's so. Here's what I love <laughs> okay. about it. Here's what I love about it. I, I obviously loved my time in. In D.C., and mm-hmm. I am the, the child of immigrants, so I know those stories very intimately. But I, I love making people laugh, and I love that comedy has the opportunity to bring people together, especially when things are polarizing. And you can put food, popcorn, sports, music in that category. Things that, like, at a concert, you know, you're not wondering what who somebody voted for or whatever next to you. You're just enjoying the music. That's the the magic of comedy that I've always loved. And so when, it, when I had the chance to develop this with Mike Schur's team and Matt Murray... We, we all shared that sentiment of, obviously, The Good Place and Brooklyn Nine-Nine already has that, that aspirational type of humor. And we wanted to, we wanted to create a world in which that was possible. And uh, I'm a New Yorker, so I also really just didn't want to get on a plane anymore and shoot things in L.A. So I was like, I'm going to set a show in Queens. Jeez. I know I'm Flushing very well, Queens. but Flushing you is a terrible title. You weren't born in Queens? No, I was born in New Jersey. See, yeah. 
but I know Queens very well, and uh, you know, and and thought I, the uh, show great... could have been called Mawa. You know, you could have Ma- been in Mawa <laughs> is a fantastic <laughs> place. But what we what I liked about Queens is the demographics of Queens really look like the rest of the country. It's if you took a cross section of of America, it's it's the world of of Queens, of places like Flushing and Jackson Heights and Sunnyside, and uh, and there's a beauty to that because you can. Uh, you can go in so many bizarro world directions as a as a comic writer and with these characters that you couldn't do maybe in a in a different place. And sunny, the real sunny side also has a small town feel to it. So it's really the best of all the worlds in in one little town. But when it's about your character yeah. uh, deciding to help these kids who are basically taking citizenship lessons from you yeah. so that because they're immigrants right we can't talk about immigration today it's like a hot button issue so was that always on your mind or did you say no it could have been about gardening i think it it could have been about anything and the beauty to that is so five years ago was when i first started toying with the idea of this show i ended up having to put it on pause because i was on designated survivor for for three mm-hmm. seasons and so five years ago, obviously, the issue of immigration was not as polarizing as it is today. But we never set out to make a show that was about politics. We're a patriotic comedy that uh, obviously is, is, uh, is relevant. It's timely, for sure. It is. Um, but it's more about this weird guy, this arrogant weird guy who I play, who could get away with anything by being an elected official who did no work. And teaches, a, like, he has no job skills. He posts an ad on the internet, which is how he finds these immigrants who hire him to teach them about the citizenship process, not knowing that he, in fact, knows less than they even know about the world. So it's more of a redemption story for him. Uh, I, I think if you're looking for a show about immigration, it might even be disappointing to you because it's about character, it's about lively characters and how they interact. I don't think anybody is is looking for that. I think sometimes comedy is the best way to reach people. (laughs) Because I think there is no other way. No one's going to listen to you give a speech. Sure. I I watch these people (laughs) that you're teaching, these characters that are in there who... It doesn't take them too long to figure out you really don't know much mm-hmm. about it. But yeah. maybe that you're well-meaning in trying to helping them and that they have friends to do it. But we see that as real, but there's no reason you can't get laughs from being real. Yeah, no well, reason. We're, we're a, uh, you know, we want to be funny first and foremost. And I think the, the, amazing, the, the amazing thing that we're finding... So, Alison Jones, who's our casting director, you know, the, the, the first thing we told her was, uh, bring us the funniest people, period. So when, when Matt and I wrote the pilot and, and created these characters, you know, there, were, there, was, there was certainly specificity because you want to ground your characters so mm-hmm. that they can play in their world. Uh, Diana Maria Rivas' character, I think, originally was written as El Salvadorian. Uh, Diana, who we ended up casting, is, was the most hilarious person who came in. She happens to be Dominican, you know, so you make sure the character's Dominican. I think the most clear-cut example of how we leaned into the comedy and wanted to be most concerned with comedy first is uh, Joel Kim Booster and Poppy Lou. Joel is, of course, a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. Poppy is hilarious and very subtle with her delivery. A lot of, almost very deadpan. Yeah. In a, in a <laughs> lot of ways. So when we found them, you know, these are these, these uh, Asian-American twins who have a, an estranged billionaire dad who lives in international waters somewhere who they don't see all the time, who may or may not have had plastic surgery to look completely different than the last time they saw him. But Joel is, uh, Joel is Korean-American, Poppy's Chinese-American, and they were the two funniest people. Now, traditional sort of 
Hollywood or traditional showrunners might go, well, I guess we can only cast one of them. Or they might go, well, they all look the same anyway. And <laughs> we don't feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard people say this in the room. And, and when we were talking about it, we just thought, hey, what a cool opportunity to heighten the humor. Obviously, we're going with the funniest people. So they do have a dad who's a billionaire. But they're also going to have two separate moms who birthed them at the same exact time at the same hospital to the same father. <laughs> that's right. It's like that doesn't happen very often, and that's but, what's great about it. But if you're trying to make people, people laugh, laugh and if you're trying to heighten humor, mm-hmm. why not really lean into the amazing possibilities? Instead of looking at these things as limiting, why not lean into it and say, what are the amazing doors that open with just being funny? And obviously the estranged billionaire dad, that has nothing to do with him being Asian-American. It has to do with him being super weird. Uh, <laughs> and, we, and so we've got Poppy and Joel, and we can play in that space. You've got the super... Oh. We should show Oh, yeah, I would love that. I would love of that. you trying to explain to your sister... Yes. ...what you're going to do. Who's actually sane. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. works in the medical profession. Yes. So let's look at that clip. Okay. Yo, guess what, Mel? I'm already at step two of my plan. I got a job, and this one does not involve humiliating myself. What's the job? Well, this group of people wants me to help them become citizens. Do you know anything about how to become a citizen? I do not. But I'll be like the cool teacher. You know, take some field trips, do that thing where you sit in a chair backwards, maybe get a cool leather jacket. Plus, check this out, I am getting paid. I can hire a PR team. Can you imagine how good it's going to look for my re-election campaign if it gets out that I've been helping these poor people out of the goodness of my heart? Except you're very clearly not helping them out of the goodness of your heart. You're doing it for your re-election campaign. That's a really good point. I should talk to my PR team about that. And if you have cash now, you can pay me rent. And I will do that, Mel, just as soon as I take care of some very pressing financial obligations. I promise you, once I'm solvent again, everything I have is yours. Are those new Jordans? <laughs> You're the best, Mel. Bye! <laughs> I love... You know what? absolutely timely about this is that when the thing is brought up that you know absolutely nothing about what you're doing, yeah. it's not that much of a drawback. Nobody, no, I, no. nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. It's like we, we have a whole country being run by people who basically don't know, and you are just part of this whole system that says, look, somebody gave me money to do it, so I'll do it. Well, he, I mean, Garrett is in, in many ways insufferable and so oddly likable because you're drawn to like I I, I remember but nothing like you. No, I I am also insufferable, mm-hmm. but I'm likable. Likable, more likable than Garrett. Likably see, see the difference? No, I did, uh, yeah, I did. I mean, the influences for me with this were like you know the the Jack Donahue character in Thirty Rock mm-hmm. is. I would not want to ever have dinner with that man, but you cannot take your eyes off of him. He's so funny, and the the, the layers to things he says. And then in a totally different sort of space, George Costanza, you know, I didn't know anybody who looked like George Costanza who lived on the Upper West Side when I was a kid growing up in New Jersey. That wasn't my world. I had so many Indian uncles who reminded me of George Costanza because the writing of Costanza was so good and so grounded. So that's kind of like when you look at Garrett and his sister, you know, Garrett's a little bit of a train wreck, but also like you can kind of a little bit relate to him, and it bothers you in a way. And then you meet his his cast of students, and you're like, okay, these are, these are the Costanzas of your of your world. And I'm still seeing a lot of you in him, although we just met. <laughs> I don't really know what it is, yeah. but 
I, that's what I'm fascinated about with you because we do know you from a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We Harold and Kumar, Ben Wilder, the crazy part of you. Yeah. Then you can do a part on House. You know, you can be in Designated Survivor. You're doing your uh, whole bit at the Obama uh, White House, and yet, and then I could see you in a movie like The Namesake, which to Thank me you. is a dynamite dramatic performance Thank with you. a director like Mira Nair. Incredible. So what I'm saying, short, yeah. is who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> how, did this all, how, how did this all happen? Uh, look, what I, was it? You were in New Jersey. Th this, look, I, I wish what? I could take credit for making choices along the way. I... I, you know, for, for the Harold and Kumar movies, look, John Hayden and, uh, John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberger, the two guys who created the franchise, they wrote all three movies. They're from New Jersey. Uh, I was fortunate enough after a very lengthy casting process to be cast as Kumar, and now we're all good friends, of course. They're like, they're like brothers. Um, but had they not written that franchise, I don't think that my career would have had uh, kind of the, the launching point that it, it had had because there are so many dramatic TV and film folks who watched the Harold and Kumar movies and thought, oh, you can play. Like, I had an awesome arc on 24 that I loved. Mm -hmm. And I remember the producers of that uh, that show said, we kind of thought of you because we thought your range in Harold and Kumar was so broad that we were convinced you could do the opposite on 24. And, I mean, House, uh, you know, David Shore created House, and it was the first time I had really seen a color, age, and largely gender-blind audition process where he was hiring nine actors to play doctors, and they were going to keep three of them as series regulars. You walk into that audition room, and it was like people ages 18 to 80, pretty much, men and women, reading the same group of, of sides. And I remember asking him years later, I was like, David, why'd you do it that way? He goes, I, I don't understand that question. I just wanted to find the best people for the job. So I'm very thankful. I mean, I appreciate that the question's like at me, but I'm so thankful for this journey because I feel like I've had the chance to work with such incredible people. The cherry on top, no doubt, is Mira Nair, who is, that, the namesake was my favorite project I've ever had the chance to work on, period. She is incredible. The novel by Jim Lahiri is something that, um, that is very close to my heart and was before I had the chance to audition for the movie. There's you, the son of immigrants. Yeah. And you're living in New Jersey. And in the namesake, you're playing a guy who's his turns on that. Mm -hmm. There's a period where he just says, I don't want to be this guy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be from these people. Were you going through any of that growing up? No. It's, so I always say, and, and by the way, my story is not similar. To, I think there are a lot of people who do code. No, I'm, that. I'm willing to concede so, now that you are not any of these people. No, no, no. But, but no. I, what I'm saying is your, your question is a good one because I have a lot of friends for whom the namesake was very autobiographical and mm -hmm. they would say, wow, I really struggled with identity in terms of do I fit into this Indian American community or do I fit into something else? Mm -hmm. For me, I think because of the town I grew up in, I grew up in a very diverse town in New Jersey. You know, in middle school, every weekend was a bar about mitzvah. Your friends would speak Korean or Italian at home or Gujarati or Hindi like in our house. And so I always assumed, well, your American identity is, is all of this. But I know a lot of people grew up in places where they felt like they had to choose one or the other, as Gogol does in The Namesake. Mm -hmm. For me, one, the reason I was attached to, to uh, Jumpa's writing, and especially The Namesake so deeply, was it reminded me of The Catcher in the Rye because it was so intimately written. And Salinger's writing with Holden Caulfield is so intimate that I felt that similar feeling when I read Jumpa's novel. And so it had less to do with 
Gogol's identity journey, which I agree with you, a lot of people experience, and it had more to do with just intimacy. I mean, you, everything from Gogol's ATM password to the room, the window at Yale where he lost his virginity, mm-hmm. um, that's all spelled out in ways that make you feel like you're living it, and that's the universal sort of artistic thing that really uh, drew me to it. When you were at, in the Obama White House, the hell were you doing? It would be boring to you. I was, I was, I was <laughs> a junior staffer. I worked. I was the president's point person, primarily on youth outreach. So that meant I worked in the office of public engagement. I worked on things like the uh, affordable, uh, affordable opportunity. Uh, sorry, American Opportunity Tax Credit. Twenty five hundred bucks that you could get on off of your taxes if you were going to college. Mm-hmm. Not sexy. Never going to end up on a CNN headline. It's nice to have uh, get the money. <laughs> No, it is, but but so, uh, you know, it was really, I I shared an office with six people uh, and loved every second of it. It was hard work. It was very different than obviously the, the, my first love, which is making people laugh. What I'm going to do is take you to the world outside now. (laughs) Okay. To the (laughs) I'm so curious where this is going. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Kyle Kyle says, what's been your proudest moment on set? Oh, wow. Your proudest moment. Can I be really cheesy? It's yes, I'm true. hoping for it. Uh, I've had some really good bosses. I've been really lucky with that. And I've been really floored at how incredible our writers are. Obviously, our actors who I've had the chance to talk about. And our crew. And uh, this is the first time I've had the chance to executive produce and co-create something. Mm-hmm. So I, I've gotten to see it intimately through the process. Our design team and our makeup folks. Just everyone... Uh, and every morning before we start shooting, we just sort of do a, hey, have a great Monday, everybody. Like, you just sort of shout it out. There's 200 people standing <laughs> around getting ready for the first shot. And we all just sort of have a, like, woo, have a good Monday. Woo, have a good Tuesday. And that's one of the proudest things for me because I think that the chances, you're going to get me emotional right now. What are the chances that, you know, somebody like me who's a public school kid from New Jersey almost 20 years after starting as a professional actor, could partner with someone like Matt Murray, Mike Schur, NBC, a network I grew up watching, and have the chance to like say good morning to 200 of the most talented people I've ever met every single day. It's a really proud moment, and I get to live it every, every day that we go to work, I get to live it. So it, it's not a singular thing that happened once. It's, it's literally the beginning of every day that we, we get to You're remind living ourselves the dream. of. I am. You're living. I, I was like, going to ask you what's been your proudest moment. Period. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, forget that, the set. That sounds like it would that, be. That's probably it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. All right. We're going to take one more question from you out there, Elizabeth W. Do you regret leaving the Obama administration? Uh, no. I mean, if I was still there, I'd be. No, it would be said. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't be. They uh, would take you away. You know, they so would say sorry. I, I was there for roughly the uh, two and a half years towards the beginning of the administration, mm-hmm. and. Originally, I was going to stay for a year, so I joined in June of 2009 and was going to stay for a year. Shocker, most things in government take a very long time to get done when handled properly. And so uh, I was working on things like um, you know, Pell Grants and uh, outreach around Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal and the Affordable Care Act. And within the first year that I was there, none of it had been voted on yet or none of it had sort of gone through the process. So I extended for another year. So I actually ended up staying like a year, year and a half longer than I initially was planning on. Um, and then once I had the chance to see some of those through, transitioned to my friend Ronnie Cho, who took over as, as Obama's youth guy and, and came back to my first love, which is, which is comedy. So uh, no, I know the, the question, because people often think, well, you weren't there eight years. Did something go wrong? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, actually, I was there a year longer 
that I had planned to be there um, and loved it. I, it was uh, it w- was an honor to serve our country. I uh, I never thought I, that I would have a chance to do that and, and, and loved it. So This is the first time you've been on this show. It is. So you don't know that I take you on a journey that always ends in song. Okay, yes. okay. So what are you singing? It requires you. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to follow you no matter what it is. <clears throat> All right. Um... I'm going to give you a choice. Um, oh, really? I never get yeah, that. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want rap or country? I would like a combination. Oh, man, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, oh, I, t- I pick rap. You pick rap? I pick okay. rap, yeah. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you want you want trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low down, going crazy. Death Row is the label that pays me. I'm unfatable, so please don't try to fake this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Come on, you know this. Infection is infected we- from a lane of understanding <laughs> from a young G's perspective. And before me did a trick, I had to find a contraceptive. You never know, she could be earning a man and learning a man and at the same time burning a man. You don't know this one? <laughs> I'll send you the track. I'm going to send you the but track. But now you have to give me two bars of country oh, to I was, just cap it. I was just going to sing, Jesus, take the wheel. Of course you were. Take it from my hands, because I can't do this on my own. Do you remember the next line? I don't. I'm letting go. Whoa. I know. Literally, she lets go of the no, wheel. No, this is, I mean, I just don't know what to say next. See, you know, now I you're like, rendered. is Gary Modi really, really like you? He is. He can't rap. Cal Penn, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having a lot of fun.